It's some work coming into it because you have these different personalities. And not only that, you're dealing with children that may be dealing with grief. If it was a death of a parent or a divorce, the divorce makes it so much harder because children, I don't care of what age, wanted to see them parents stay together. But now you have parents that's on two different sides and it's almost like I have to make a choice. And now you're bringing something new into this. That's another choice. And so we as step parents have to understand that the children are going through a grieving process. And so we have to go slow and just allow them to express themselves. And so the dislike immediately is not just us. It's their situation. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Art of Spousing podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. It really means a lot to us. It's hard to believe that next week is Christmas. This, I know this year and this season of the podcast has flown by. It's hard to believe that we're coming up at the end of season four of the podcast. How many episodes, James? 54? 54. I think this is 55. Oh my goodness. Double nickels. And actually, I think this season's been really great. We've had some amazing guests on the show talking about a lot of important topics to inspire and strengthen your marriage. Well, next week is our final episode of this season, and we're going to end the season off with a special Christmas Day episode. I love this. One of the things we have done throughout the season is at the end of each guest, we ask them to share a tradition they have as a couple or as a family. So next week, We're going to hear from them, and we're going to share a few of our thoughts and traditions around Christmas. Yeah, it's really going to be a lot of fun. But today we have Terry and Carol Moss, the founders of One Flesh Ministries. We had a great time with them talking about their marriage and also the dynamics that come with blended marriage and family. But first, we want to take a moment to challenge you to consider a tangible investment in your marriage this coming year. And New Year is just two weeks away. It's hard to believe. So now is the time to make plans on how you're going to make an investment into your marriage. Yeah. People make investments in lots of places and in your marriage is obviously number one thing to do. So you probably have heard if you keep doing what you've always done, you will keep getting what you've always gotten. So if you want more for your marriage in 2024, we want to encourage you to consider scheduling a two-day marriage reboot with James and I to discover fresh vision and direction for your marriage. The marriage reboot is an exclusive one-on-one experience that will elevate your marriage and you'll discover your unique marriage purpose and get a plan of action to start living into it. This proven process is designed to give you clarity in every aspect of your marriage. We'll work together to craft plans and create a solid framework that'll help you manage and continually grow your relationship into the future. This is a private experience where you and your spouse will have our undivided attention as your marriage coaches. We'll help you identify where you've been, get a reality check of where you are today, and discover where you want to go together. We know that a marriage reboot will make a huge difference in your marriage. You can find out all the information about the marriage reboot at artespousing.com backslash marriage coaching. You can also find the link for a discovery call in the show notes or message us on Instagram and we'll send you a link to schedule a 30 minute call with Lisa and I to hear more about the experience. Okay, Lisa, let's jump into our conversation with Terry and Carol Moss. It's great. Terry and Carol, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for saying yes to being here. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy so to be here. Very welcome. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we're so excited for um, our listeners to hear about your story and the the ways that you're impacting marriage. We thought we would start by hearing your marriage story. 
Yeah, it's our favorite story. Yeah, but okay, I'm sorry because I love telling the story. I say that our story really is a story of God's grace, His love, and the opportunity for second chances, I'll say, mm-hmm. because we both have been through divorce. And that journey and that process is challenging, as people know. As I was coming to the end of my process, pastors and leaders were saying, you should get married again. You should get married again. And I was saying, I'm good. You know, it, it ended. It's, it was 26 years. And wow. now through this process, I'm learning me and growing and getting closer to God. So I was kind of like feeling pretty good. But one senior pastor said, but you have too much love to give. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Hadn't thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. But still was not ready in my mind. I was still okay. But as I start thinking about it, I said, God, if you want me to be married again, and that's fine. I'll follow your will. But I don't want to be dating all the women in the church and be the church gigolo, I said. <laughs> this is what I said. Yeah. This is what I said. Yeah. But present to me the woman you have prepared to be my suitable helper. And I honestly thought that it would take God a year to scour the world and find that one for me. <laughs> <laughs> but about three weeks later, I'm praying, just my normal prayer time in the morning with God before going to work, and the Spirit of the Lord said, it's okay to contact Carol. I'm like, does it Carol Thomas? Now, just parenthetically here, we hadn't dated. We hadn't winked at one another. Mm-hmm. There was no romantic anything. She served in a church. I served in a church. And so we knew her and I respected her as an humble servant. And she had a great heart, but never would think that I would marry her. That, that would be the one. Mm-hmm. But when the Lord said, it's okay to contact Carol, I knew that that was a response to my request. The Lord didn't say how to do that. He just said, do it. So I'm thinking, how do I contact? How, what do I say? What, what do you go? someone say, hey, God said you're going to be wife. I <laughs> uh, just didn't think that might work. So on my way to the office, I'm thinking how to do this. And I thought, ah, because she worked in the ministries where she served the leaders, she would be acceptable getting an email from me. Yeah. So I thought I would send her an email. So I sent her an email. I said, let me know when you're available. I'd like to speak to you about something. 20 minutes later, in Carol fashion, I get this response back. If it's good news, I'm available now. <laughs> if it's bad news, never. <laughs> if it's business, let me check my schedule. Mm. So I said, nothing bad. Just need to talk to you about something. Let me know when you're available. Yeah, you used your clout to uh, <laughs> send me an email because I was serving in a church and I was used to getting emails from the pastor's team to do do something. So my first thought was, it's Thursday. They're always needing something yeah. at the last minute. <laughs> or my team has been doing something that I'm getting scolded about from <laughs> Elder Moss. I don't want to hear any bad news. That was my first thought. Right. What does Elder Moss <laughs> want now? Right, right. <laughs> we did connect that afternoon. We talked over the phone. I'm trying to stall by telling her about some event that I went to at a church. So she's listening politely. And then she says, OK, well, thank you for your information. I'll take it back to my team. Have a nice day. (laughs) Gotta go. Gotta go. And so I said, well, wait, wait, wait. I need to talk to you about something else. Now my heart started pounding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As you know, I'm coming to the end of a particular season in my life. And your name has been given to me as someone I should get to know better. So I would like to take you out to dinner sometime to get to know you better. Would you be okay with that? Silence. Oh, no. <laughs> it, it, it felt like 20 minutes, of yeah. silence, but I'm sure it was maybe 15 seconds. But And then the first thing that she finally said when she spoke was Elder Moss trying to get his Mac on. <laughs> because it was a little unusual because he was always strictly business. So for those words to come out of his mouth was just out of the blue. I would have expected anything other than would I go on a date with him. Mm. So that's why the moment of silence. Mm -hmm. So we agreed 
that we would go to dinner within a two week period. The only time that we had to go to dinner was that night. So it was a morning of Thursday, February 2nd, 2006. When the Lord said, it's okay to contact Carol. That afternoon we spoke, that night we went to dinner, three hours of great discussion, and the rest is history because on July 2nd, 2023... We just celebrated our 17th wedding anniversary. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) From the first date to marriage was five months. But as many times we've told the story, it's still always like tingly inside because (laughs) we can just see God's journey. When I stop and I think back of my preparation period, Mm. and I think one of the greatest things is that he was Elder Moss in the church and I was single parent Carol. Mm-hmm. raising children on my own. I was a single parent, a single mom for like 14, 15 years. Mm. And so I'm used to being the boss. Mm. <laughs> I'm used to telling them what to do. I'm used to the leadership. So I can look back now and see my preparation period was learning to honor and respect the leaders in the house, mm-hmm. those that I was serving. Mm. And since he was Elder Moss in the church, I honored and respect him prior to God placing me in his life. Wow. And I think that's huge throughout our marriage, because through these 17 years, there has never been a dishonor, a disrespect, words taken out of saying anything negative, even in our times when we're kind of disagreeing. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) that honor has always been there. And Mm -hmm. I tell him, "Mm, you and God have that relationship Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I I truly believe that was part of my preparation period to that day. I agree. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, you think about your relationship, people need to know about you, Miss Carol, is you are a strong woman. (laughs) Yes. So for you to say all of that, it's a beautiful example is you can be a strong woman and be in marriage and allow that relationship to be appropriate and structure of marriage, how God has designed it, is to fall in line with that. Yes. And it's beautiful. So right there is great. Yeah, that's good. Great stuff, yeah. So I'm wondering how many dates did you go on before you stopped calling him Elder Moss? Oh, and yeah. They, and they, my friends are still 17 years later is saying, when are you going to stop calling your husband <laughs> Elder Moss? For years, I've called him Elder Moss until today, I don't call him Terry. Uh, really? <laughs> and I it's never, unless I'm Terry. speaking to that someone so else, sweet. introducing or speaking of him, I say Terry, but I never say Terry. So for years, then he just became Moss. Moss. I dropped the elder. <laughs> so my family on my side, they all call him Moss. Wow. Because it never could be Terry. And I've never, now he's love, baby, right, right. all the, <laughs> all the precious names now. But it's never Terry. <laughs> he's always going to be Elder Moss. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Well, we love you guys' passion for ministry, passion for marriage, and specifically over the last few years, we've learned about your passion for blended families. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love for you to talk about blended families, what that really means, and then why you're so passionate about that ministry area today. We define blended family in this context as when two people remarry and one or both come into that new marriage with children. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a blended family mm-hmm. or step family. Mm-hmm. And the passion really comes because we are a blended family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we married, I had two adult sons and she had two teenagers, one one girl, one girl, one one boy, and then an older son who was disabled. We are a blended family, so we understand the complexities and the challenges of trying to have two families come together and yeah. be one. And, and then in the churches up to 
let's say 35 to 50 percent of every congregation has some connection with the blended family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. 50 percent, half the congregation. Mm-hmm. Yet many of them kind of suffer in silence. They kind of stay back mm-hmm. because some still are ashamed Mm-hmm. Because people make them feel as if they're second class citizens. Like you, you're mm-hmm. not really a real family, yeah. and you know, right. your marriage really isn't honorable to God. And, mm-hmm. and so they kind of hide. And so we want to be the voice for them and yeah. to them to let them know, hey, God loves all families, mm-hmm. yeah, and He loves blended families mm-hmm. and step families. So what led the two of you to actually stepping into that space then mm-hmm. to make that connection to kind of go, hey, let's let's become a voice. Mm-hmm. for blended mm-hmm. families. I think it's because we feel so honored and so blessed to have came together as a blended family and did it successfully. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any books that we were reading. We didn't have any groups or community that we were attending. Mm-hmm. It was just God bringing us together and understanding the love that we have for each other. This is what we want to work for us. So in the beginning, we started doing leadership with family life mm-hmm. and we started being um leaders for the weekend to remember. Okay. So we've done that for many years. Well, through that journey with family life and the weekend to remember, we met Ron Deal, who deals with blended families. We call the guru of blended families. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so then we were so intrigued with that. We started following Ron and the blended community. And it was just our heart. Terry and I, as you see, we are so totally different from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're so different, but so connected within our hearts. Mm-hmm. So we're like, God has blessed us with this gift. And so we want to give it back because we know even though you're different, yeah. different families, Family, different kids, you can come together yeah. and create this awesome family. Mm-hmm. But there are some skills into that. We can't just wish and hope. So we've been doing the blended for over... The blended probably around eight or nine years. One of the pastors asked if we could write curriculum for a blended family okay. because he was recognizing there was a need. Hadn't written curriculum before for <laughs> for that. So I said, but yeah, we can do it. Just kind of our own experience. And then he approved it, mm-hmm. which I was surprised because <laughs> I thought he would edit or scratch that yeah. out. We can't say that. can't do that. Mm-hmm. Just exactly how we wrote it up is what he said wow. we can implement. Yes. And we did a kind of pilot class. And then that caught on at that church. You've been navigating this in your own life experience. What unique challenges would you identify go with a blended family, blended marriage? What do they face? So I'll I'll try to explain it this way. So in that traditional family, man meets woman, man marries woman, man, woman have children, and then they live happily ever after. (laughs) Right. Right. We know there's many challenges with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But the benefit is man, woman gets time together. For their marriage, and then they have a child or children, Mm -hmm. and they can, it's their children, they're the biological parents, they have the connection, everyone knows everybody as they grow, and and, and, and it works. With a blended family, it is an immediate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you say I do, man, woman has boys, girls, children, you have exes, you have other spouses, you have, you, you have co-parents and you have extended families mm-hmm. and you have other grandparents and yeah. you have other aunts and uncles and everybody has their opinion. Everyone tell you what to do. You should do this. And how should I do this? And how do we bring this together? And how do we get all these personalities today? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overwhelmed <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what it is. Mm. That's why it's so difficult. Traditional family, the focus is on the couple. Mm-hmm. In a blended family, the focus is the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But you have to learn how to do all of that now. Because you're in it. It's not, well, you know, in six months, we're all going to be there. It's, we're here. Right. right. And everyone has needs and personalities, and you have to deal with those challenges now. Mm -hmm. And the funny part is, Blended Family has been out for a very long time on TV. They had the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the Brady Bunch made it seem like, oh, it was so easy to do. They had Alice and, you know, the dog. (laughs) But no, it's some work coming into it because you have these different personalities. And not only that, you're dealing with children that may be dealing with grief. If it was a death of a parent or a divorce, the divorce makes it so much harder because children, I don't care of what age, wanted to see them parents stay together. But now you have parents that's on two different sides and it's almost like I have to make a choice. And now you're bringing something new into this. That's another choice. And so we as step parents have to understand that the children are going through a grieving process. And so we have to go slow and just allow them to express themselves. And so the dislike immediately is not just us. It's their situation. And if we get into it, like I know with me, it was like, oh, the kids don't like me. So, mm, okay, well, I'm not going to like them. Mm -hmm. You can't come into a blended situation Mm -hmm. that way because it's really not you personally. And so you really have to learn to not take things personal. Yeah, that's interesting. Thinking back to the Brave Bunch, you never saw them sharing custody or going to their, you know. I don't even know if they had, I don't even know if the other spouses were ever introduced into the whole co-parenting. It made it it feel like a perfect, (laughs) perfect family, (laughs) you know, and it's obviously a lot more messy than that, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So how do you actually speak to those challenges? It feels like about one million necklaces in the middle of a table and they're all in a knot. (laughs) When do you pull first? (laughs) Yeah, how do you do this? Well, it's really taking you out of the equation Mm -hmm. and putting them. But you cannot make it about you because now it's a shared event. Because there's times that Terry needs to spend time alone with his children. And I can't be envious or jealous or in the middle of that. that. That needs to happen. So we have to really, individual wholeness, I speak on that a lot, Mm. is very important. Yeah. Get you <laughs> together kind of first <laughs> and seek help if you're dealing with things and be honest because there is going to be some jealousy involved. People, oh, I'm not jealous. There is some jealousy involved. There could be some envy in- involved. Mm-hmm. So now you have to remember what is making me feel this way mm-hmm. and why and then address it. That's why I say individual wholeness is very important yeah. because then we're by nature, we're selfish. So now we have to learn now to give more of. And I would say I give you great accolades as to how you came in because you came into our lives with the mindset of what's mine is yours. Mm-hmm. It's ours now. You have to have that mm-hmm. heart because we've dealt with many a couples that it was separation. Mm-hmm. They can have the love for themselves, but when the kids are involved, that's when that separation and kids will get into, can get <laughs> into the marriage to conquer and divide. Yeah. I don't want you loving this lady because you don't love my mom. Mm-hmm. I don't want you loving this man because you don't love my dad. So kids can get involved. Mm -hmm. So the marital union 
is very important because that's the foundation. Mm -hmm. You cannot build a house on shaky ground. Mm -hmm. But you came into our lives with that mindset of what's yours is ours. Yeah. And I appreciate, I always appreciate when she gives me those accolades because how did I know that? And it's, it's really, when I say it's a God thing, Mm -hmm. I don't say that as a cliche. Mm -hmm. It's truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Without the Lord, I don't know how I would have understood how to do that. Because I remember one, one day thinking about Carol and just looking at her and I, and and this thought came to me. I love her. Mm -hmm. I love everything about her and everything connected to her. And when I said that out loud, it made so much sense to me because now her children are my children. Mm -hmm. Her bills are my bills. Her concerns are my concerns. It became a one Mm -hmm. by virtue of speaking. And that was so very important because we had Shondell, who was a disabled adult, who was now reaching over the age of 18. And now it's time for guardianship. And my whole scare was, if something happens to me, who's going to care for him? But you came into our lives with that mindset that put me at ease that if anything happened to me, I know that Shondell was in your heart Mm -hmm. and you're going to do the right thing. So when it was time Mm -hmm. for guardianship, you walk right alongside me. We went to court and we became his guardian and not just me. Mm -hmm. So having that heart Mm -hmm. is so important. You know, it's interesting. We talk a lot when we're working with young couples about the backstory that you bring in the marriage. For a young couple who's getting married for the first time, they're bringing their upbringing and the environment they grew up in. So they're combining that to create a new story. And one of the things we say is Lisa's backstory now is my story. Mm -hmm. Just like my backstory is her story. It's just interesting when you're talking about that in a blended family there's just a lot more chapters, <laughs> yeah. a lot more characters, yes. a lot more, you know, a lot more drama in it on both sides. Mm-hmm. But the fact is that still, when you True say principle. I do, mm-hmm. it still becomes mm-hmm. your story now. Absolutely. And it's not just two stories. It's one story. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. That's, why, that's why she says, and we agree that the, the marriage itself really is that first line of defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That mm-hmm. has to be strong. That's mm-hmm. the foundation. Everything else is like every other marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you figure it out. We work mm-hmm. together to figure it out. But if 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 there isn't that oneness initially, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stay as a one team, then other things become more and more. They're challenging mm-hmm. anyway, but now they become even more challenging because now we can't agree on mm-hmm. how we're going to address them. And that's so important. And I laugh when you talk about the challenges, because when we got the, together and you talked about the backstories, I said that you came out the womb in the church. <laughs> he, he was raised through the church. He went to church with his big daddy, his grandfather, mm-hmm. through many, many years. I think you were doing leadership at the age of 13. Wow. Well, then he marries me. We're different creatures. <laughs> yeah. I always say we're different creatures because it's me and the children. And so we're just like hip hop queen and uh, music <laughs> and where we eat and what we do. We're loud. loud. <laughs> <laughs> and we play music loud in the house. And now you have this gentle giant that comes in that's mm. quiet mm. and he's used to quietness and his own space and stuff. Now he's just coming into this. But the heart that you came in with 
and how we merge together. Okay, you didn't turn that music down, but then we realized, okay, it's Elder Mall, so let's just turn it down. <laughs> we'll turn the volume down a little mm. bit, a little bit, a little mm. bit until some changes. You didn't kick the door down and say, mm. you need to do this. Yeah. Nothing like that. Mm. So By the same token, how Carol welcomed me. So we talk about the bio parent really leads the way mm. in helping that blend work mm. because she could have, you know, I've been handling this all this time. I, this is my house or this is my kids or this is my way. But she didn't do that. She was respectful. Mm-hmm. She submitted herself mm-hmm. to me as her husband mm-hmm. and communicated that to the children. He is now the husband. He is now the head of our home. Mm-hmm. So, so kudos to her because she laid the way. Mm-hmm. Instead of making it a hard press, she made it a more welcomed mm. change. I know there's probably multiple resources out there for blended families, but you guys have written the book. Can you talk to us a little bit about your book? We can, and we would love to. Now, it's not a book uh, for blended families. Okay. Also, blended families can use the book. It's more of relationships and, and marriage particularly. It's an easy read, but it's it's a profound teaching around marriage the way God intended Okay, and how he demonstrated that in the Garden of Eden. The title of the book is In the Beginning, It Was Not So. And the subtitle is Seven Marriage Lessons Learned in the Garden. And so it goes back really to 2005 when God was speaking to me and a lot of things about marriage and relationships, both vertical and horizontal. And my attention was led to Matthew 19th chapter and 8th verse, where the Pharisees were trying to uh, challenge Jesus around the issue of divorce. And so they asked the question, well, why did Moses allow for the writing of divorce? And Jesus' comment was, Moses allowed for that because of the hardness of their hearts, mm-hmm. or because their hearts were hard yep. in some versions. But in the beginning, it was not so. And so when I was reading that, and I'm thinking, in the beginning, it was not so. In the beginning, it was not so. There was an enlightenment that was like, oh, <laughs> That's awesome. where were the truth and the principles and the depth of those actions uh, was just so, so impactful. And then so I made that connection. So when Jesus, they asked Jesus about divorce, he took them to the beginning of marriage. Mm-hmm. So the problem isn't divorce. The problem, as the book talks about, the problem, the problem isn't divorce. The problem really is not understanding marriage the way God intended it. The covenant marriage yeah. that God intends it to be mm-hmm. because the hardness of the heart when I studied that it's all about pride and selfishness mm-hmm. and when we become prideful and selfish there's a callousness on our heart that allows us not to love or be loved the way God intended it okay. and so we start looking at what I want and what I need mm-hmm. and, and you should do this for me and how come we don't have six Lamborghinis or, <laughs> right. or whatever so it gets out of whack Mm-hmm. to what God really intended it to look like and feel like. So this book is kind of a roadmap mm-hmm. to uh, marriage the way God intended it mm-hmm. that leads to great success. Oh, fantastic. Yes. We're going to put the link to that in the show notes. Yes. When I go back and I look at how God created Adam in the very beginning, but prior to the creation of Adam, God said there will be man and there will be female. There will be male and there will be female. He knew that. But then he created Adam first. He didn't create them both together. So that's like he has a purpose and he has a design. And then he took Adam on this journey, relationship, purpose, boundaries, all of this 
journey before he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Then I will make you a helper. Then that that became clear that God has a design and a purpose. So I so often ask the question, why do you think God didn't make Adam and Eve at the same time the same way? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He made them, made us different times and create us in different ways. Hmm. It's just, it blows your mind when you're reading the Bible and you, you're looking at that because it's the very book. You don't really put a lot of thought into that. And now speaking to couples and doing groups and all that we do with the book, it's just like, wow, it blows your mind when you start going back. And you start going over God's design for marriage. I love That's awesome. it. I love That's it. Awesome. So we say, read the book so you divorce-proof your marriage. <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, I love, yeah, I love that the truth is the, the complexities are different, but the principles are still the same. Yes. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are in your marriage journey. Mile marker five, two, 50, whatever. Exactly. Blended, exactly. not blended. It's so good. Yeah, we've had some couples who were married 28 years and gone through the group that we did and gone through the book and they said, oh, we read the book, but now in this discussion, it's just so much clearer. I missed that. Everyone should get this because my, they said, my marriage has changed. It has gone from here to there, from good to great. So so we really appreciate that. So as many couples as y'all have worked with over all these years, I'm sure you have so many examples or good reports, good stories, Mm -hmm. but I'd love to hear just one of them that you would go, this is a standout. We invested and we saw what God did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Christopher and Jackie. Uh, I just use their first names. And this is a couple that I've known for probably 25 years or more. Mm. They were visiting our home. And it was one night we were having just impromptu conversation just in general. And we discovered through the conversation that there were some issues Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was causing some discord in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And again, they had a good marriage, had good, have a good marriage. And, at that time, and they would have been married for over 20 something years mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. at that time. Well, I almost. Think. Yeah. Yeah. And so almost 20. And so the issues, you know, we just can't let issues go when it comes to marriage. So, <laughs> right. so we're having conversation into the wee hours of the morning. Well, thank God, though, because through that conversation, there was forgiveness and healing and mm. clarity. And it was just this moment where, it had to be a God moment. Yes. And he began to realize the gift that he had in his wife mm-hmm. and that he wasn't honoring her and treating her as that gift. And that changed in that moment. And now, these number of years later, they have a great marriage mm-hmm. and they share that with others mm-hmm. and their love and they share with their families. I love and you can it. see it when we come together. You can just see the joy that they have for each other. It's just a great, great story. Yeah. Well, this has been so valuable. So rich. Thank you so much for just your life lived and faithfulness to Jesus and what he's done in you individually, your own wholeness, Mm -hmm. and then how it's come together. And we just we honor and respect Elder Moss and (laughs) Sparrow. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we would love to know where can we send people? Where's the best place? And we'll put stuff in the show notes Mm -hmm. for sure. But where would if they wanted to learn more about your ministry, where would you send them? One of the best resources is probably connecting with our groups, mm-hmm. uh, whether they are in person or virtually. Okay, We do have groups virtually for anywhere because we've had a lot of couples from various states that we've connected with. So we'd Love like it. to keep that going as well. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of our material is also posted in our through our website. 
Right. So when we're going to do a Zoom virtual group, then we'll post it in our website that individuals can go through the website to see what we have upcoming. Uh, org. OneFleshMinistries.org. And we'll put all that in the show notes Good. to Fantastic. make sure everybody has it. And you can order the book through the OneFleshMinistries.org. You can order the book there, or of course you can order it through Amazon. Wow, what a fun couple. I love them. They're so full of energy. It's amazing. We're going to put the links to their website and their book in the show notes. If you have a blended marriage, I want to encourage you to check out their resources. And if you have questions or comments about what you heard today, we would love to connect. Email us at hello at artespousing.com. You can also message us on Instagram at are the spousing. We'd love for you to sign up for our email list. With every episode, we send out an email with a direct link to the show and some news about what's happening in Art of Spousing. You can sign up with a link in the show notes or in our Instagram bio. Yeah, that's a great reminder about the email list because as we are working on content for season five, we want to hear from you Mm -hmm. how the podcast can best serve you. And so we're providing the content you need. So we're going to be sending out a quick survey to our email list to gather feedback. So jump on the list and give us your feedback. I can't wait to get their feedback because we could get really great questions that will funnel great content. Yeah, please do it. Remember, next week will be our Christmas Day episode and our last episode of the season. We hope you will join us for that. Have a fantastic week and we will see you next time. Until then, bye-bye.